Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. How are you keeping? Shrink random after having a, a traditional music session in the studio before I came to you with Paddy Burry. And in fact, you have a, a massive coverage, and he was complimenting the papers this week on the coverage of the FLA. Maybe you'd like to start with that first. Yeah, absolutely. And I was here sitting at home just listening to Paddy playing as well. He was fantastic. So thanks for that, Paddy. Lovely start to the morning. Um, so, yeah, so we, we have plenty of coverage. Obviously, we got the news we were all hoping for at the weekend when it was announced that Wexford won the bid for Flat Kiln in 2024. Um, and, and in the paper this week, we're, we're looking, um, I suppose, specifically at the, the scale of this operation. And obviously, it's going to be absolutely huge for the county. Uh, Paddy and yourself just touched on some of the points there. Um, but as we know, up to 700,000 people are expected to descend on the town next August, uh, an occasion that could see the local economy benefit to the tune of 60 million euro. Uh, so obviously this this is, is huge, um, and there will be a huge influx of people requiring accommodation in the county. Um, with this, you know, no doubt brings logistical challenges. Um, as Porig writes in one of his pieces, the bed capacity for the southeast region currently stands at 33,100 beds, and this is made up of both Falcha Ireland affiliated properties and self-catering properties and Airbnb. Um, so d- despite the fact that it is a big undertaking and that there will be logistical challenges there, a chairman of the Southeast branch of the Irish Hotels Federation, Colin Neville, is very positive, very hopeful, and says that members around the county are ready to pull on, as he says, uh, the purple and gold jersey and do their best to make this work. Um, so yeah. he says that... He feels we'd be as good as, as good to step up to the plate as any other host town. Uh, he's really hopeful that we'll be able to deliver um, as, as well as, if not better, than any other provincial town in the, the country. Um, and his main message is really that he's hoping that the accommodation sector will play its part in welcoming so many people to the county. Um, yeah, just listen so, to what yeah. you were saying there, Amy. I mean, in addition to what Paddy has told us about the actual comp- comp- uh, competitive side of it and what's going to happen, like when you put it all together... Look, it's going to be a massive boost for us, isn't it? It's, it's the boost yeah. this county needs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, having 700,000 people come to the county um, for, for a celebration of music and dance and everything else, um, but also to see what Wexford has to offer will just be fantastic. It's going to be a real coming together of, right. of people. Um, you know, across the county, there's going to be, what, 18 venues, I think, uh, where uh, the events will take place. Uh, we'll have people coming together as volunteers, so there'll be a chance for everyone to take part in whatever way they like, whether they're a musician, whether they, they want to volunteer. Um, it, it, it's going to be fantastic. I think really, really good news. Uh, some great, great to have some good news. All right, let's move on to, uh, you, you've got coverage of the hospital situation as well. We just heard from Dr. Bill. The doctors met with the hospital management last uh, night, but you also have tried to give people an update on where we are at, and uh, Porik has done this. Porik Byrne, what has he come up with? Yeah, so I suppose this is part of our ongoing coverage of the situation there at Wexford General. Um, and Porter reports that following the reintroduction of outpatient and maternity services recently, Wexford General will see more services reintroduced by the end of this week. Following the services in question are an acute medical assessment unit and a minor injuries clinic. Uh, the acute medical assessment unit will be operated solely on a GP referral system. Uh, while anyone that wants to attend the minor injuries clinic will need to ring ahead before presenting uh, with a dedicated phone number due to be made available very soon. Uh, well, obviously, it's really good news to see things being reopened. Uh, the hospital management are really, really keen to stress that the emergency department remains closed and if anyone requires emergency care, that they need to dial 999 or 112 or attend their closest alternative emergency department. Uh, so, so they have been, they, you know, as Porig reports, there have been people showing up to the emergency department in recent days and, 
And I, I suppose this maybe wasn't helped by, by some mis- misinformation that's been out there recently. Um, yeah. I know Minister Stephen Donnelly did say that the ED would be open by the end of last week. And, and this comment was, was reiterated by many locally. Um, yeah. Hospital manager Linda O'Leary has, has I suppose... Um, I, I think, I think between... Yourselves and ourselves, we will keep them up to date uh, as to how things are unfolding. Like even Bill, even what you have said to me there now, and what Doctor Bill said to me a few moments ago as well. We will definitely, through local media, keep everyone in the loop as to what is happening. But of course, we will also keep the pressure on to get our emergency department reopened as soon as possible because it's vital, Amy, isn't it? It's the most vital thing yeah. in this county. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ab- absolutely. And I, and I think what you say there, Alan, is really important about just giving people clear and and accurate information as well. Because yeah. obviously, as we all know, like if someone is in uh, critical condition time is extremely crucial and if somebody is maybe showing up at an emergency department expecting to receive care and expecting for it to be open and then you know it turns out that it, that it's not well that that time is that's time lost and, and that could okay. be very crucial for that person let's go a little bit lighter and link in with the oscars and this is your own story this week in the papers it's an interesting one it's a fascinating one and it's a good one a positive one yeah, absolutely. So this is really good news um, and also an amazing opportunity to showcase some of the great creativity and design that we have here in Wexford. Um, and this is about gory jewellery designer Blahin Ennis, uh, who's had a huge amount of success and recognition in recent years. But in recent days, she's had what she describes as a bucket list moment. Uh, so this is when star of Oscar nominated on Colleen Kuhn, Kate Kinanig, chose to wear her creations at the Oscars and at some of the events in the days leading up to it as well. And so I spoke with Lohin and she was saying that she was contacted directly uh, by the Galway actor uh, who had purchased some of her pieces in the past and is known to be a real champion of Irish design. Uh, so Lohin described seeing her designs at the Oscars as a huge honour and she designs all of her jewellery herself. Um, she said because she designs and makes the pieces herself, it's really an extension of herself, those pieces that she creates and it was almost like a, a personal feeling, I suppose, that while she wasn't at the Oscars, seeing them there uh, on the screen being worn by Kate was, was just a very personal and a big moment for her. So it's fantastic. It was a re- really nice moment. I know Blahin's got uh, a lot of support, both from her, her former school and, and other organisations around the county as well. So yeah. uh, great, great news for Blahin. What a showcase for her. Finally, Mama Five has lucky escape. It's penned by your colleague David Luby in the New Ross Standard. Uh, what happened here? Yeah, so this this is an incredible story uh, by my colleague David, uh, in which he writes that the, a 33-year-old mother of five is extremely lucky to be alive after a tree crashed into her car window on the Campile to New Ross Road. As so a Christine McDermott was driving on the street when a large branch smashed through her windscreen at 6.45 last Thursday night. Uh, and despite the fact that, that there was significant damage to her car, and in fact, it's complete write-off, uh, Christine was, was uninjured and, and, you know, had a very, very lucky escape. Um, the fire services did attend the scene and she reports that one of the firemen said that he's been in the fire services for 20 years and he has never seen anyone survive something like that. Um, so, you know, an ambulance was called for. Unfortunately, none was available at the time. So Christine was, was very, very lucky that she wasn't injured. Um, and she says she literally escaped death and she was going any faster. It could have gone straight through her. So yeah. really, really um, horrific, terrifying thing to happen to anyone. But... Uh, it's great to hear that Christine is doing okay. Thanks as always, Amy, for linking up with us today. Now, I've decided to learn Shannon's dancing for the FLA next year. What are you going to learn? Have you decided? Yeah, Alan, this is my time to shine. I did Irish dancing from uh, the age of eight till okay. I my mid 
20s. So uh, so now I'm going to have to practice my moves again and get out there. But maybe exactly. I'll something new as well. <laughs> yeah, yes. I've got, got a bit of time now. I'll get get the shoes back on and, and get practicing. Why not? Listen, thanks, yeah. Amy. We'll link in with you again soon. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.